Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NFL. Tannehill dropping under pressure, rolling to his right. He might run this in. Five, Tannehill, touchdown, Titans with the finger roll. He's almost got the jump. Yes, he did. He gives it to Henry. Henry to get the defender, Josh Norman, to his backside. Play fake, Tannehill rolling to the right. He can throw it. He can run it. He'll pull back at the last minute. The Titans dominate the Bills in the Battle of Unbeatens. Tennessee improves to 4-0. The Bills drop to 4-1. 42-16, the final score. And, PK, there were no awesome stats in this. It's not like somebody threw for 400 yards or ran for 200 or scored four touchdowns or what. It, just, it was just like they just kept grinding away and the Bills were helpless. Okay, yeah, I can buy that. It was a very impressive performance by Tennessee, that's for sure. And, you know, they had the big season last year. Sort of came out of nowhere to a degree. Yeah. And certainly Tannehill came out of nowhere. But so far they've been able to back it up, and that's impressive. And sometimes you see teams get hot in the NFL, but they're not really that good. They're not a good program, so to speak, using a college term. Well, it looks like Tennessee might be onto something, and they actually are pretty good because, as I say, they ended last year strong, and they followed it up so far this year. Really good start for them, so they get to 4-0 now, and now we can, uh, there was a line when I was a kid, I read something, and uh, you know how they'd crank, I used to do book reports on these uh, sports books that sports writers would crank out to make a little extra money, and there was a quote that always stuck with me um, from the old uh, Cowboys coach, Tom Landry, and he, they'd get off to these great starts, and then he would always tell the team, this is when we separate pretenders from contenders. You win a bunch of games, that's great, but you get halfway through the season. Of course, now it's a 16-game season, so Tennessee's only a quarter of the way through it. But they get you on film, and they figure out who you really are, and then really good teams try to beat you. And so it's just kind of what we do now, sort out, sort out who are pretenders, who are contenders, let these teams build up a bunch of wins. But Tennessee, they were pretty good in the postseason last year, getting to the AFC title game, so... 4-0. Maybe they really are the real deal, and we're just going to have to uh, focus on them a little more. Do you view yourself as a pretender or a contender? Depends on the day. It really well, Today's does. Wednesday. Today is Wednesday. Yeah, but we're early in the day. We're not even 8 a.m. yet. So it depends on the time of day also. Yes. Day by day. There are days I'm a pretender. Day by day. Day by day. Jets let Le'Veon Bell go, so that didn't work. 19 months after they signed him. They wanted to trade him. There were 31 teams and not really interested in the trade. Plus the whole Canadian League. Yeah. So he'll be a free agent this afternoon. He's owed $6 million for the remainder of the season. Now maybe somebody's interested in figuring, well, why should we trade for him? They're going to have to cut him. We know where this is going. So someone may be uh, shopping in the old bargain basement bin. Well, he'll always add to your team chemistry and just make everything better, that's for sure. That does seem to be the way that works, doesn't it? Everybody gets real happy. Saints may be leaving the uh, Superdome to move to LSU temporarily. 
to allow fans to attend games. You move to different cities, you move to different counties, there's different rules. They can't put fans in the Superdome, so for the time being, they might uh, check out LSU, where they have played before on different occasions, so wouldn't be totally strange. It's a beautiful drive. I've made that drive. Oh, really? How far is that drive? Well, an hour or so. Oh. I mean, I've covered is uh, you, So is it beautiful? So you, you go through uh, lakes, woods, mountains, hills, farms? Or it's just one big metropolis. Oh, man, that was just beautiful. I was just picturing it, just a beautiful drive in yeah. my mind as you were just naming all, all the uh, potential yeah, things you could be driving through. Uh, it's a freeway. It's, yeah. It's right straight. That area tends to be flat. I think that one is. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. So the Mountain West announces their schedule. And Utah State's going to play as many Thursday games as they are Saturday games. I was looking, I saw the thing on Twitter, and they had the whole graphic and all that, and I'm flipping through it. I'm like, well, of course they got one. Oh, they got two. That's not A three. A four. Four. Thursday night football. Welcome, Aggies. I guess the good news is that three of them are in a row, so they won't have to deal with a bunch of short weeks there. They'll have to deal with two of them over the course of the season, but the other two they'll get a full week of prep for. You like your schedules, huh? BYU. He's going to play on a Friday night with Boise State, November 6th. Fox Sports 1. Just days after Florida coach Dan Mullen advocated for 90,000 fans in attendance at the Swamp for the LSU game, the Gator football program has put all football activities on hold. Uh, 19 positive tests. So they may not even play the game, but I guess we'll find that out later in the week. What game's that? LSU, Florida. Which sounds like a really big game, except LSU's one and two. So it takes a little bit of the juice out of it, but it's... Florida's coming off a loss as well. Still two big brand names. A majority of Power 5 athletic directors who participated in a recent survey are very likely, or somewhat likely, to support the creation of a fourth division. So this is just officially the Power 5 breaking away and forming their own level, PK. You ready for that? Power 5, group of five... And the bowl championship subdivision, all in Division One. Well, yeah, I think that uh, we have an opportunity to see radical changes going forward here. I mean, we, we saw this thing here looking like they're going to pass the uh, one-time transfer rule, which I think that if I'm BYU, I would be all over that, man. You can get guys to come in for one season. I mean, you're not even there. That's just literally it for a season. And uh, you can, and you don't have to worry about the grad transfer to where it's hard to get in. Uh, they, last year, I think it was last year, maybe the year before now, they wanted somebody. The kid wanted to go. The kid's mother wanted him to go. And uh, they wouldn't let him in. He ended up being over a 1,000-yard receiver at another institution. And, and if now you're an undergrad, you don't have to worry about that at all. You can just transfer in, and you can abide by those rules much easier the more the older you are. And, man, if I'm the Cougars, I am all over that as a way to develop us, bring in some talent that normally I couldn't get when they're 18 years old. Uh, and then this thing here, creation of a, another division, whatnot, whatever it might be, yeah, I think that... Not necessarily saying it's going to happen, but in 10 years, what we see in 10 years could look dramatically different than what we see today. I think that'll be more the uh, creation of a different division 
or do you and the, and like a transfer rule, or you think it'll be conferences realigned when the TV deals up, or all of the above? Well, I think it could be just a massive change across the board. You know, we might get. But what BYU did ten years ago, going independent because they were getting almost no dollars compared to what other schools were getting off the TV deal, and no one was able to see it, right? And if that continues along the line, particularly along the Pac-12 way, why would SC stay? You know what I mean? They could they could branch out on their own, and their their brand name is huge enough to where they could capture a Notre Dame deal, couldn't they? Sure they could, you would think, because the way programming is now may not be and our time is 1.30 every Saturday because they're on the West Coast, so that might be. But, you know, who's to say that it has to be 8.30 and plus it's only 7.30. Yeah, that's what I was anyway. going to get at, right? So, yeah. uh, you know, you can do some of those games and you're not playing. You know, you would only do six of those games max anyway because you're probably playing you know, half of them out on the road. But who wouldn't want SC to come into their stadium? I mean, that's just something off the top of my head. Well, that's I been, think it that's has an opportunity floated. to see massive change. Yeah, that, that's been floated out there, and they do have the brand name. And 7.30 is, is, is a much more, quote-unquote, normal time than 8.30. And plus, it's, uh, it's the West. <laughs> they don't deal with snow like we do here. It's a totally different deal for them to play in primetime. They have a history of night games anyway. It's not like this would be their first night game. You know, they played a bunch of night games. They do, more yeah. I mean, they, they play a bunch of time. day games, too. Yeah, they do. Yeah, but... But uh, yeah, they do play a lot, a lot of night games. I've been there many times over the years to cover games, and so you're right. They do, yeah. They, they it's not because it's not consistent, and, and obviously it's not uh, as bad a weather as you say the later in the year. That it, it didn't seem like it was such a big, big of a drag mm-hmm. as it is for BYU Utah to constantly be playing these. 8 o'clock games, 8.30, 8.15, that always drag 15 minutes beyond what they say anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's much harder to play a Pacific a Pacific time zone primetime friendly game in the mountain time zone. It's way easier for those California, especially the Southern California schools. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. The debate's going to happen. Y'all could talk about it. I'll talk about it with my guys when we at home, our friends and all that stuff, but I'm not going to give it to y'all. I'm, just, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to fall for it. You guys know how much I love Michael Jordan. I wear number 23 because of Michael Jordan. When I first got my first pair of Jordans, I was, you couldn't tell me nothing. So y'all, y'all can do the debates. Y'all can, y'all can figure that out. LeBron James not wading into the GOAT debates. That's just as well. It doesn't sound good for yourself to lobby for you as the GOAT. That's probably not the smoothest thing you could ever pull off. All right, so the coaching carousel. You ready for some guys to get some jobs, PK? Because that's going to change everything. Stan Van Gundy's in the mix for the Pelicans job, along with Tyron Lue. Except Tyron Lue might be getting the Houston Rockets job. He's the leading candidate there. And, oh well. Or just wait for it to all settle down and then figure out who has the top five players in the game and go from there. <laughs> I think that's the latter point is well made by you. And, yeah, that, that's extremely important there. I mean, Vogel's a solid coach. I mean, I think all these guys, really, when you think about it, when you've been around a number of years, and this is this is your trade, basically, I think you're pretty good. And I, and I think Vogel was pretty good. But he got fired at a couple other places, and he gets LeBron and Anthony Davis, 
and he's on top of the world right now. So he's probably better coach than he was when he started out earlier. But the point being, as you just made, you got to have the horses. And you have to be solid, man. They have to have your respect. And But I think any of these guys, I mean, the basketball, I, mean, I think we overdo it. Certainly we overdo it on the X's and O's. I mean, a lot of it is how you manage people. And some, some folks are really good at managing people. They just have a skill. I think Scotty has a phenomenal skill on managing people. Yes, I don't know he how does. he got it. All right. I don't know where he got it, but he's got it, right? He does. And so that's yeah. a big deal as opposed to a getting technical on how to do sports radio. You know what I mean? That's not necessarily it as far as a technical. I think they all can be technical anytime they want in terms of analyzing the game, breaking it down, reviewing scouting reports and all that stuff. Uh, so you need a lot of different things when you're a, a professional coach, and I think all of them probably are fine, but then it comes down to how good's your team. Former Sixers coach Brett Brown resigned his position as head coach of the Australian Boomers ahead of the 2021 Olympic Games in Tokyo. He's Joe Ingles' coach. We'll have to ask yeah, he Joe, was. Yeah, Joe, Joe about, about that it. at some point. Joe liked him, I think. Oh, he did. Yeah, he, Joe, I, I've talked to Joe about Brett Brown. Yeah. Absolutely. So I wonder if that goes back to the whole the NBA players aren't going to be free and he doesn't want to coach the other guys. And, hey, if you're going to be out, or his, maybe he's going to have an NBA job, so he's going to be busy. His quote was, my personal circumstances have changed which will preclude me from helping Yeah, There you go. All right. Well, that could mean a lot of different stuff, too. The wife yeah. wants to go on a rare vacation while I'm out of the league. Or there could be family health stuff. or there. I mean, you can dream up a bunch of reasons. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. So, college hoop practice is starting, PK. We haven't even gotten to football yet. I am all thrown out of whack by this. Well, this is right on time, though. Yeah, this is uh, mid-October. This is a good the other guys are out, out of whack. whack. Yeah. It's not college basketball that's out of whack. The NBA just finished... Utah and Utah State haven't played football games yet, and here comes college hoops. Good. All right, so BYU's got to rebuild the roster. We thought they had a pretty good NCAA tournament team, and then there was no NCAA tournament last year. You got some expectations for BYU? Absolutely. I think they have rebuilt the roster. Yes. No, there's no question I have expectations. I have expectations to them, and Gonzaga has pulled away. Uh, but I want to see... BYU narrow that gap, and I want to see them beat St. Mary's twice and basically be right there with Gonzaga. Gonzaga's better, and they've, they've earned that right. I think even BYU fans and Mark Pope would acknowledge that Gonzaga's the big dog. They are what uh, UNLV was in the Big West in the PC2A days for sure, but uh, BYU is very, very intriguing, yeah. And Mark Pope is so charismatic. Uh, yes, I got major expectations for them, and I've got much higher expectations for Utah. I'm actually uh, haven't been this excited for the local college basketball season probably in a good while. I can't list the year though; I don't remember when. Uh, but I got I got expectations for both of these teams for sure. And Utah State with Smith there, speaking of charismatic and what he's done in his what's this is his third year, right? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm very much excited for all of these programs. So I would say it's the most excited any of us have been for college basketball in seven to eight years because what you've got is a team that 
we think is an NCAA tournament team, and then we'll have to see how it comes together. Are they going to be capable of winning a game or two when they get there? And it's just way too early to project that. we got to watch them play. But I would say seven or eight years because the Utes had their um, back-to-back NCAA tournament teams when Kristoviak got it going for a couple of years, and he had DeLon Wright, and they went Sweet 16. And, you know, we thought they probably had a pretty good team coming back, but we didn't know, and they ended up getting knocked out by Gonzaga in the second round. I was at that game. They got hammered. Right. So that would be the last time that we had a team coming off a good season where we thought, and they're going to have another good season. How good? I don't really know. But that would be the last time I think we could see teams putting together back-to-back. Well, for two years in a row with Utah, we've heard about the youth. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't keep going to that card over and over again. It just doesn't work. It's just not the natural evolution of a roster. And they've got, they've got young guys, but I wouldn't say necessarily youth or inexperienced guys. Put it that way. They've got young guys, but they got a lot of experience last year. I'm expecting them to take a quantum leap, and I think that they have to. There's no reason this program should be uh, much better than it is. And I'm excited for their season, too because they've got a number of guys who got a lot of experience last year and showed some potential. And I think they can win some ball games this year. And if things break their way, maybe they could be a tournament team too. Uh, that would be great. I mean, we see uh, freshmen come in and, and have a huge impact, and we see freshmen and sophomores make huge jumps. Uh, we've seen it at other places. Uh, you know, will it happen here? That's a pretty hard thing to predict. Um, but when you're, when you're tying for... What did they tie for last year? Eighth? Yeah. Yeah. Eight, it was a three-way tie, right? Eight, nine, ten? Yeah. Yeah. So when you say, well, there's higher expectations than that, and like, well, absolutely. Tied for eighth? Absolutely. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Melanson gets his sign from Darno. 0-1 pitch. Pulled on the ground to the left side. Riley's got it. Throws across. Braves win! The Braves hold on to beat the Los Angeles Dodgers. And the Braves now lead the National League Championship Series two games to none. Here it is. Swing and he pops him up. Foul first base side dropping. Fair or foul it lands. A fair ball. Here comes Wendell in to score. Here comes Kiermaier to score. To third base Adamas he holds. It's a bloop double for Hunter Renfro. And the Rays have a 5-1 lead. So there's ALCS with the American League now three games to none as Tampa Bay wins 5-2 with a five-run sixth inning. All the damage in the sixth. And they're up 3-0 on the verge of sweeping the Astros. And then in the National League, it's two games to none with a, uh, the Braves. You know, the Braves had just not been giving up any runs. And all of a sudden, three-run homer, two-run homer, errors figuring prominently in both games. I mean, it's two out in the ninth, and you're up by two. And an error brings the uh, tying run to the plate, and he triples. And now the winning runs at the plate. And, uh, and then Altuve, Altuve is just an error machine all of a sudden. He is, yeah. Two two in a row there for him. It's weird how uh, he didn't – I saw the stat that he didn't – and it wasn't a full season. He didn't have an error all, all year. And I'm like, ah. oh, wait, that was 60 games. But still, 60 games error-free is something when you're playing in the infield. And uh, and then all of a sudden they have three in two games is weird. And, and a couple of them at least so routine. I'd send them down to the team's minor league facility. <laughs> Send a message. 
You got any hope for any comebacks in these? The Dodgers have figured out how to hit against the Braves now. This will unlock it. Well, 2-0 is overcomable. I mean, 3-0 is very difficult. Only been done once in the sport. So, and I think the, the Rays are, in my mind, substantially better than the Astros. I didn't think that the Braves were substantially better than what the, the Dodgers, Dodgers can do. So, yes, I do have hope. But obviously that hope is just slipping dramatically. See Big Poppy up there calling out Clayton Kershaw for not pitching with the back? It's like, well, we, we're not doctors. We don't know. But go out there and throw and then say you can't do it. Folding before the game sends a bad message in the clubhouse. Well, I mean, that's a line of thinking out there. My wife asked me about that. Uh, and I said, you know, I really don't know. I mean, the injury thing, uh, it's always been like that. And I've never been able to say this or that. We went through this with Boozer for so many uh, games and stuff. And it just seems to me these guys would want the ball. If you don't want the ball, then I don't want you to have the ball. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I guess by saying it early, you know, somebody else could be up in and throwing and getting ready as opposed to not having the time to warm up and go through well, whatever routine. they ruled him out of game three also. Yeah, he's supposed to pitch game four is what they're saying now. So, All right, today, uh, Dodgers and the Braves, 4 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. And then uh, in primetime, TBS has Tampa Bay and Houston trying to, Tampa Bay trying to close it out. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. RSL facing the Portland Timbers tonight, 7.30 at Rio Tinto Stadium. They played a crazy 4-4 game with them up in Portland earlier this year. But RSL has been going the wrong way for the last three to four weeks. And Portland's been going the right way the last three to four weeks. Two teams whose seasons have gone in completely different directions. RSL has really struggled. They actually have a losing record at home this year, so... That's not nearly good enough, and they're running out of games here. The weekend game's already been postponed because Colorado, uh, kind of like the St. Louis Cardinals and the Marlins earlier this year, has had long-running positive tests. It just seems like one or two guys uh, every couple of days. So that one's already off. No idea if it'll be rescheduled. So RSL running out of games here at the end of the year. Well, I hope they win because then, uh, you know, I think one of the guys is going to have a big house party. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Sam Johnson. Probably not going to play tonight or ever again would be my guess. Ever again? Well, I think he's coming up on the end of his deal. So, you know. Ever? Would you said ever again? For our, for RSL. I mean, there's a million leagues. He'll play somewhere in the world. But will he play for RSL? Well, I think we should I'd have be, a going away party. <laughs> okay. Yeah. PK's place. What, at 9 o'clock, PK? When should we be over? No, 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 not my house. Oh. I, mean, oh, I thought you were throwing people. the going away party. You can't you can't fit. No, you're the guy who throws the going away parties. You've got experience <laughs> with that. <laughs> I do, actually. <laughs> That's funny. All right, what is trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up. David Nixon, BYU TV football analyst, former Cougar linebacker, will join us to talk about the Cougars and the Cougars, BYU and Houston Friday night. Riley Jensen, our college football insider at 8.30. Utah football availability today. We're going to hear in the 9 o'clock hour from Kyle Whittingham, also from linebacker Devin Lloyd, and the guy who's got to rebuild the secondary, Sharif Shah. Got a lot of Utes talking today. We'll hear from them coming up at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Coming up next, why don't the kids love us, PK? Why won't they stay? 
All right, we'll get to that next. Stay with us. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. The columnist for the Oregonian, John Canzano with us. I talked to people who were there when the Pac-12 network was formed. They tried with ESPN. They tried with Fox. They even tried with the Discovery Channel. There were no takers. Nobody was interested in the Pac-12 content at that time. So the Pac-12 decided to set out on its own. And the problem being, none of the presidents or chancellors, none of the people involved at conference headquarters had ever started a network before. So they made some mistakes, distribution included. And they've got no inventory now this season. All of these games prior to championship weekend are all going to be on ESPN or Fox or FS1. So it's going to be left overs, maybe one or two games at most for the Pac-12 Network, so I think it's pretty disappointing from a network standpoint. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Mark Miller Subaru. Alright, DJ and PK, question of the day here. Oregon gets a commitment from a Kearns High player. That is the third Utah prep football player headed to Eugene. Why are some of the best prospects leaving the state, turning their back on the Aggies and the Cougars and the Utes? What is the deal? What has gone horribly wrong? Now, PK, you did some research on this, and we ran out of time to talk to you yesterday. I had too much going on. But I am curious... The research you have come up with, what does it tell you? Oregon is stealing our kids. That's true. <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> the analysis. You know, they're they're just putting out there stuff that's really, really enticing. And, and some kids got stars in their eyes and they want to leave. And it's nothing unique about any individual. So I'm not cracking on any individual who wants to leave. This is more generally speaking. And you guys know this is an issue that's close to my heart because I've been whining for years about how the Sun Devils and my uh, much-hated Wildcats, they don't retain just about anybody. Yep. Nobody, generally speaking, stays home. And you look at now the, the wild, Wildcats have been down now for a few years and the Sun Devils have made some improvement. They're halfway decent. I think you got to acknowledge that. But everybody wants to be a dominant program. And in order to be, I think it's imperative that you keep the best players from leaving. You keep them home. They make the commitments to stay local. And I think that's also impeding uh, what's going on here with the University of Utah, who's had, since they've won here most recently, they've had a better program than both uh, the two Arizona schools, right? Uh, Each of them have won the division once. The Utes have won it twice. But none of them have gotten over the hump, and I think that's part of the problem. Uh, Also, too, I found out in a lot of these programs what they do, and it was a surprise to me. Like this dart kid down there at Corner Canyon, right? Mm Mm-hmm. He has been offered by SC. Right. SC has two commitments from two four-star dudes at quarterback. (laughs) So So what do they need Jackson Dart for, too? Yeah, yeah. And so I asked specifically on that, and the answer I got back is these programs just offer tons of kids. Mm -hmm. And then they'll go back and actually – a second in terms of a real 
we'll, we want you to sign commitment, they may just renege on some of those. They'll just take the best of the best. Because they're SC and they can do that. And if they offer yeah, 50 kids, so what? Now, who was the running yeah. back who came up and he had a knee injury? He was going to be he was an SC recruit, and then it didn't work out. He had a knee injury, and so then they, they cooled on him, and they went and, like you say, really offered someone else. And so he ends up— Local kid? And he ended up going to the U, but he ended up—he played a little, but he didn't play a lot. I can go through the old rosters and figure out who it is. It was about three years ago. A local kid? No, no, it was an L.A. kid. It was an L.A. running back who came up. But it's to your point about they offer people, and then they really, really offer people. Yeah, we offered you, yeah. but you hurt your knee. The term is non-committable offers. Wait, so <laughs> I was told I even a dark kid, somebody said to me, man, he should commit to see if they accept it. I think, wait a second, they already offered him. Yeah. So that's like, you know, you're, you're going to, I'm going to ask five girls at a homecoming. And then and double back and really ask one. Yeah. The, the <laughs> two or three say yes, but I'm not sure. Well, why would I ask him in the first place? To me, if I ask you, that is a commitment, but I guess it's not. So they're doing that, and, you know, these kids commit, and then they get the cream of the crop. But I, I think it's a, it's a problem here locally, as it is one state to our south. Those teams down, way down south, <laughs> that uh, – it's, it's, it's impeding their development. And the thing about it here with the state of Utah, it seems like they're not always. You can't say always for sure by any stretch. But the ones who do leave could have been real contributors to your program. They just wouldn't have been squad guys. So the star rating isn't perfect, but it ballparks. And so to your point, the kids who are leaving tend to be four-star kids. Now, they wouldn't all pan out, and some would get injured, and some wouldn't, but they are the kids who tend to be bigger and faster, and that's what you want to start with. And, and you go back a few years to see how this pans out. Like I went back to the 2018 top football recruits in Utah, and there's six yeah. four-star kids, and none of them stayed in state. Now, they don't right. all I mean, turn into awesome players, but Penny Sewell is not playing at Oregon, so you get ready for the NFL draft. He turned into an awesome player. Well, he was expected to be. There's right. zero surprise on that one. Yeah. Now, Cam and Cooper hasn't won the quarterback job at Washington State, and they've had a coaching change. So there's, a, but still, he's a four-star recruit. So you know, and and you can just go through every year, and it it, it is a lot, a lot, a high percentage going to Oregon, but it's Bama, Washington's taking a couple kids. Um, and we've already seen the new Kua kid go up to Washington and make a couple of great catches for touchdowns. You're like, yeah, that would help. It would oh, help I anybody. They, yeah, they, they got a defensive lineman, Tufele, who's not going to play because he's getting ready for the draft. Yep. And he was he was a local kid. I can tell Bingham you, man, Utah, you, you, speaking of Bingham, Dalton Schultz, the coaches, oh, my gosh, if I could tell you the stories that I could tell you, but, but I won't. Oh, I've got one, Because it was too. all said in confidence about that kid. There were some coaches at Utah were just furious at – that, that he did not commit. Not fear said the kid. It's not, it has nothing to do with the kid. Nobody begrudges somebody when they get an offer a full scholarship to go to Stanford. Everybody says congratulations because that's literally something you've earned on and off. And so, great. It's awesome. I feel great for those kids when they get it. I don't see how in the world anybody, particularly in the West, would turn down a full scholarship offer for Stanford. To me, 
that is an absolute no-brainer. And so, but nevertheless, because there was some conflict on uh, at the time they were going through offensive coordinators left and right, and there was some type of conflict of what type of program offensively should we have. And there was people at the U were saying we should be modeling it after Stanford. That's the type of offense because those are the type of kids we can get. Those are the type of kids that the state of Utah produces, not this other stuff. And they thought that that was someone that should have most definitely gone to Utah because that's what they stand for, what their program should be about. And then there was others, and I don't want to name names of folks who were running the program at the time uh, from the offensive perspective. Uh, and so there was this internal conflict in within the program. And then to lose him, and obviously he's an NFL guy. He's in the NFL right now. So that, that stuff really, really hurts. You know, you look around, at least around here where I live, you see the billboards. I used to see them. I don't know if they still got them up. You know, the hometown heroes. Uh, and they'd have uh, like the Bartons and Bergstrom at the time. And these kids who stay local, who are local and stay and then make the NFL, they put them up on the billboards. Well, you don't say, and they'd call them hometown heroes. You know, it has the alliteration there. You don't have out of town heroes. And put up bill- <laughs> Here's our out of town heroes, people. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't nearly resonate. And we had on, I think it was it was either last summer or the summer before, you were gone, and we called up Trevor Riley, who's always outspoken right. on a lot of different issues. And he mirrored with, um, who was the receivers coach, uh, who was the good Cahoon. Cahoon, when he was at uh, BYU, made a statement that a lot of Utes mocked that you're better staying if you're a local kid you can make more money if you come to BYU and you stay in the community than if you went to Stanford. And I can remember that that was a, people were laughing. Wait a second, you're 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 equating a BYU education with Stanford. You know, Stanford's supposed to be the best. Blah blah blah. The gold standard. Or what Trevor Riley was saying: your name in the community will matter more. And he was amplifying what Cahoon was saying, and he was following it up by saying, absolutely. There's no reason for any kid from the state of Utah to leave because then if he stays, he his name is much more prominent and he can make money off of his name, basically his fame and his name recognition. He has far more contacts with the local people because there's a lot of jock sniffers out there and there's a lot of guys our age who've got businesses that want to say fill-in-the-blank ball player, Taysom Hill, to use an example. He's my friend. And I know him, and so you can make money here and do all that type of stuff, you know. So if you're Taysom Hill, you played here locally. So then when you're done, you come back in this community. Now Taysom Hill is going to make enough money where he can live where any any place he wants, right? He's got 16 million dollars guaranteed if he uses that wisely, you know. He'll he'll be fine wherever he is. But even if you don't get to that level, you're a local kid. You stay local. You can really cash in beyond what any particular diploma says. So there's something to be said for that. And, you know, the old, uh, who, who made that line? It was the new Lou Holtz. You're not making a four-year mistake. You're making a 40-year mistake. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, th- I think it was Lou Holtz. I can't recall. I, I think uh, you're right. I think that was turning down Notre Dame. Yeah. And, you, you know, you're Notre Dame, and they're, they're the biggest of the big for sure. But here locally... It, I think there's something to be said for that because you can. What, what you can end up doing 
is you the goal is have your money make money so you don't have to go to work every day you're not uh, looking at the clock and say it's 10 15 i gotta go to bed because yeah. i gotta be at the office at eight o'clock i mean nothing against that i mean that's that's all i've ever known but if you can get away with not doing that and you have your freedom and your money is making money for you well then you're on top of the world and then you miss none of your kids' games or your recitals for your whomever, your son or your daughter, and your Halloween parade uh, that they walk around. I don't know if they're going to do it this year, but, uh, you know, they do it at the grade school, and you go up there, and, and it's not just the moms who aren't working. It's the dads because they're essentially not working or controlling their own hours, and those things are important later on down the line. And Trevor Riley was making that point. If you stay local and play well, then you've basically you've set yourself up because somebody will come give you something because they want to say, hey, I'm, I know fill-in-the-blank player, uh, Chase Hansen, you know, uh, who's a local local kid, right? Now he's, he's in the NFL now with the Saints, but, you know, when they're done, you can come back. Or if you don't make the NFL or if you just you make it for a little bit, you know, because making the, making the NFL is one thing, but maintaining in the NFL is an entirely different thing. Uh, that's for sure. So, I mean, you look at David Nixon. He's doing that right now. You see signs of, uh, of David Nixon, what he's doing business-wise, and he's in some type of real estate. And you see the signs of uh, the property as being offered by David Nixon and Jimmy Balderson. All Balderson played over, basketball at, all at over downtown. I literally, there's a place I go to eat at Channel 2, and I'm grabbing something on a weekend. I walk right by it, and I walk by I've seen it so many times. Those are all over the place. Yeah. So it's smart for both those guys to stay local. They weren't local guys, so to speak, because David came from Texas, and Balderson, I think he's from Canada, if I remember correctly. Uh, and I covered both of them. I was working for the Watchdog when both of those guys were in their heyday playing for basketball and football. Well, now they've they've cashed in on that, and I told you. Uh, Balderson probably doesn't want me to share it, but when we were over there doing uh, Gail Miller's fundraiser for Salt Lake Community College, one of my favorite things each year uh, – because I have a background in community college, and I saw a new member, and there, there was Jimmy B's face on a wall. Not you or my, Jimmy B. <laughs> Jimmy B. <laughs> Suckers in the media. What are we doing? <laughs> I'm going to have to ask Nixon about that. I'm expecting Nixon to, 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 uh, to give me, extend me some invites to play Hidden Valley. Come on, man. Come on, David. Well, he'll be here in 20 minutes. Right. Short attention span theater, it's 60-40, you remember. I got a notepad right in front of me. I'm going to write it down. Oh, there you go. I'll just pop in your ear. DJ PK, it's (laughs) 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So, your theories on uh, why so many of these uh, high school football stars are leaving the state, and uh, is the ground getting closed or is it getting opened up? Uh, We'll tell you where the current recruiting class is thinking of going, and we'll do that next. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. When a team wins the title, usually you get a little bit of celebrating going on, and sometimes that celebration can turn bad. I don't know if you've seen the video of the guy with the fireworks box. It's a box about a foot and a half by a foot and a half, and it's got, I don't know, probably 100 artilleries that launch out of this box. Somebody lit that on the concourse at the Staples Center, and then another idiot came over, and while that box was firing off artillery, picked it up and put it above his head. Like he's John Cusick and say anything. <laughs> Jason Pierre-Paul's like, bro, hey. maybe dial that down a little bit. <laughs> That's dangerous, as he points with his pinky. 
I get it, go celebrate, but we are in a pandemic and fireworks are dangerous. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions. Backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. So we've been talking about players leaving the state of Utah, high school football stars headed uh, other places, and it was just... uh, Kind of the discussion kind of triggered by the, the fact that a, a star player at Kearns is committed to Oregon. And PK, of the top 10 recruits in the class of 2021, that is the third top 10 player that Oregon has got a commitment from out of Utah. Jeffrey Bassa, safety. They got a couple of offensive linemen, one from your Corner Canyon Chargers and another from the Orem Tigers. They seem to have their, their hooks pretty deep into Orem as well. Yeah. It's a problem. It's an issue. Yeah, they're taking three of the top ten players. The Utes have four, um, and BYU is assigned two and Washington one. Now, these are all verbal commitments, so anything can happen, and guys can flip and and change their mind. You were talking about um, Jackson Dart, who has an offer from USC, except an offer is more like a nomination than an actual offer. He's been nominated for a Golden Globe. Well, he actually— okay. So, uh, but he is uh, here at twenty four seven Sports. They have him headed to BYU. So, but a couple for the I don't know that I don't I don't know that either. Um, and even if it's a verbal commitment now, that doesn't mean that later someone can't do something else, change their mind. So until they've signed, but uh, SC's already got commitments from two four star quarterbacks, and then I find out. Well, yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to take him and. They said he, he said he should commit. See what SC says. <laughs> what, what a crazy game that is! Right? <laughs> it's true. I actually knew a recruit who had an offer from a pretty big school. He called up his position coach at that school and said, "Hey, coach, I would like to commit." And the coach was like, well, "Let me call you back." And come to find out, it was called what they call a non-committable offer. Well, then it's not an offer. I know. <laughs> what the heck is that? I, I know it's the weirdest term, but that's what they're calling them. What, what words mean now and what's offensive? I learned something new yesterday. Like, I, I don't want to get into it, but I, I learned something new. A phrase is now offensive that I thought was okay. And now I'm finding out an offer really doesn't mean what I thought it was. Uh, and then because I looked at that and I said, wow, this kid's got SC giving him an offer. And I, I saw that. And he tweeted it. The kid tweeted it out. And the Wait a second. I mean, I'm not a big follower of recruiting, but I'd already known about two other kids, quarterbacks, who committed to SC, and now this kid over here, that's three in the same class? That, that usually doesn't work. And, but <laughs> then, I, then I did some research on it, and I go, well, it's actually, uh, we'll see. You know, if they actually extend – the actual scholarship papers, and then, well, man, what 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 does the word offer mean? I mean, if yeah. I got a job offer, that means if I say yes, I got a job. <laughs> the way I thought, the way I grew up, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> no, I need to get with the times, brother. Uh, and if you if you keep going down the list, I mean, the good news is that Utah is uh, producing more elite level high school football players than ever. And they're producing enough that some kids are going to have to leave the state because not, you know, one school just isn't going to, or two or three schools even, aren't going to take 
everybody, right? But uh, it really does underline the fact that everybody's recruiting here. There are kids in this class committed to Washington and to Nebraska and to Washington State and to Oregon State. And I mean, you're basically looking at 15 kids uh, at Pac-12, uh, Big 12, and BYU. Uh, Stanford has a kid committed this year. Um, everybody's coming in here and recruiting. But you want the difference makers, the yeah. two best players. You need yep. to get them. That's most important. And right now, in-state, and it's not particular to anybody, you're not getting them. You're not getting the best players. If you go with the four-star, two uh, there's three. There's 15 kids, you know, going to Power 5 and, and BYU, right? Depending on how some school, some conferences count BYU as a Power 5 opponent and all that. That's 15 kids. But only three of them are four-stars, and two of those three are going to Oregon. That's not good. Right. And any one kid, not that big a deal, but if you multiply that out or carry that out over the last four or five years and you see how those numbers plan out, the, the percentages don't look good for the local schools. And, it, you know, no. and obviously Kyle can take a two- or three-star kid and turn him into an NFL. And he's done great, but you right. want to take that next step. Take the four-star kid and turn him into, you know, an NFL Hall of Famer. Yeah, you want, yeah, you want to take that next step, and you want the locals thinking this is where we go. And you will be celebrated, and it'll be a lifetime decision. How much do you think Oregon, because Oregon does seem to be the prime culprit, uh, not that we can't find you know multiple kids going to USC and Washington and Stanford because we can, but Oregon looks like the prime culprit. And how much of that is come here and go to the playoff? We're going to be in the playoff. Or how much of it is just it's Oregon, it's Nike, it just I think it's cool. everything that they put out there. Yeah, I think it, I think it's beyond that. It's beyond go to the playoff because you don't know if you're going to go to the playoff. And uh, it, I don't think that one or two games makes the difference. I think it's the experience that makes the difference. And, you know, they put so much money. They, they put SEC quality cash behind their program. And look at the results. I hate them. <laughs> Wasn't it cool for two or three years when they just seemed to be tripping over themselves? Those were good times. Now they're back. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. we got to take a break. When we come back, uh, David Nixon will join us, the former Cougar, to talk BYU, to talk Cougars versus Cougars, and to talk about a uh, well, you know, high-end club membership for PK. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.